Hey everybody, if you are a writer or an aspiring writer, or if you just love literature, I have a book for you. It's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. It is the long-awaited craft book by Steve Almond, based on three decades of his writing career, a career that has featured at turns depression, failure, anxiety, self-loathing, despair, self-doubt, loss of faith, delusions of grandeur, and the occasional triumph. It's a book about the writing life. Steve Almond has done it. He has embraced it, the full catastrophe, and he has lived to tell about it. The Boston Globe says, quote, this isn't just a book about writing. It's a book about honesty. And Richard Russo calls it, quote, one of the best books on writing I've ever read. It's also the funniest by a country mile. Once again, it's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories by Steve Almond, available from Zando. Go get your copy right now, wherever you buy books. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, here we are. This is the Other People Show. I'm Brad Listy in Los Angeles. It's good to be with you here at the end of the year 2021. It's the holiday season. Here we go. Happy holidays, everybody. Whatever you celebrate or if you celebrate not at all. This episode is for you. It is uh, the end of the year. 2021, almost in the past. This has been the year that the Other People podcast celebrated its 10th birthday. 10 years of other people. 10 years of talking with writers about life and about writing. A full decade. More than 700 episodes. What does it mean? And why am I doing this? I don't know. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Because it's the holidays. And when it's the holidays, you don't have to think about those kinds of things. It's time to take a break from existential questions. 2021. What can we say? It's been a big year. A multifaceted year. A lot of ups, a lot of downs. It has been tumultuous, exhausting, tedious unnerving, exciting, depressing, terrifying, infuriating, inspiring. It has been for me once again a year in books. I just looked at my notes here and I have read 69 books so far in 2021. And have found something to like in all of them. Or almost all of them. (laughs) Or, you know what? All of them, really. There's always something good and redeemable in a book. Or most books. 
So to close out the year, I traditionally do a holiday episode. A holiday spectacular. And there have, in the past, been gatherings here in my garage. Larger gatherings with multiple people, a bigger group. Last year, it happened virtually, if you will recall. And this year, because I am uh, unusually fried and everything seems unusually hectic, I have opted for a more intimate approach and a conversation with my longtime friends, Joseph Grantham and Megan Boyle who were kind enough to join me over the transom from Baltimore, Maryland. And we just talked. That was it. We just had a conversation, and it was a surprisingly earnest conversation that went to unexpected places. We had no plans. We just dropped in and started talking. We had a meandering conversation, highlights from which I will play for you now so that you can be entertained while you are in transit or at home or commuting, whatever it happens to be. So thank you for another year, a 10th year of listenership. The plan now is to continue for another 40 years. So here we go. Once again, outtakes from my conversation with Megan Boyle and Joseph Grantham. Happy holidays, everybody. Megan, do you want to go first? Or... Um, I feel a little weird. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know. I thought about, like, maybe talking about this with you guys before this. Like, I don't know if this is even, like, the best way to do it, but... Uh, I guess we're already here. We could, like, not air this if this is too weird. Um, My therapist has, like, told me I need to be direct and also kind with people, and it could just be, like, a misunderstanding, which is what I'm hoping. Um, But I've I've heard some kind of, like... I don't know. Maybe you guys even know what this is about. (laughs) I have no idea what this is about. I don't know. You don't? Okay. Um... Well, like, we, we have some, like, mutual friends and stuff, you know. Uh, and I guess, like, last month, somebody reached out to me and told me, like, I guess it's kind of like, I thought it was a joke at first, but it seems to be this sort of, like, rumor or maybe just, like, misinformation you guys have about me. Um, that at first I thought, like, oh, they're probably joking. Like, this is just, like, funny and stuff. Uh, and I'm like, especially, I'm not very like sensitive to criticism and especially when it's from people who I like and respect, like you guys. And, uh, so I, I just thought it was kind of weird, but I, I kind of wrote it off and then like these three other people told me about it. So it's kind of weird that you like, don't really, you don't know what it's about. Wait. <laughs> I, feel so, I feel so weird right now. I'm sorry. I, I am. Oh, I don't I... want you to feel weird. I just feel like I don't know what what we said i don't remember saying anything yeah i might like... ask what the rumor was um yeah uh you guys been saying at least i heard that like i uh instead of 
taking alimony from Tao Lin, I had him ghostwrite my books, which is like kind of funny, but it's also like on so many ways that's like just not like, like he and I weren't even like together when my first book was published. And that's like the one that's a little bit more like directly inspired by him maybe. And then like Tao writing live blog, I just feel like that's weird. And like furthermore, <laughs> I'm like not even somebody like we had a really amicable divorce and like, um, you know, I would never even think of like asking somebody for money who I was in a relationship with because it ended like I don't. So it's just like weird. Like, I, so I thought it was you guys really don't know. I have heard. I have no idea what you're even talking about. <laughs> I. Here's the thing. I don't remember saying anything about that, but. If I did, it would it was it would only be in the way that like, you know, it was it would be like less of an insult to you and more of a compliment to Tao. Like if anyone could pull it off, it would be Tao, you know, and less less about you, you know. I think I don't know. I'm I don't think I said that though. But I do believe though. I mean, or at least I have heard, not with your book, but I have heard rumors of Tao ghostwriting other people's books plural but i don't know how well, much truth there is to it well can i ask a question then yeah about sort of in this same vein but and i just don't give a shit anymore i'm just done with with with, with hiding this but i just I'm, I'm sick of feeling like i'm living a lie but um tao wrote my first book of poems and maybe I don't Tom Sawyer and I don't think that's such a bad thing like I mean I still had to give him the idea like well wait 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 wait. he wrote your book <laughs> I mean he wrote like the poems in the book but like I lived the moment like the moments in it are real <laughs> I am uh, not believing this. I'm stunned. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? I like sent him like, you know, do one about my dad. I love my dad. I want my dad to have a poem in the book. He likes barbecue. He's from Kansas City. And Tao, like, it wasn't, it's not like, a, I still like that book a lot. And like, he, he took time with each poem in a way that I don't know that I would have been able to do myself. So wait, so like you were just giving him concepts and then he was riffing on those. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I like to think he was in, like writing them in my voice or what he imagined my voice to be, but. And Megan, you're upset because you feel like Joey and I are spreading a rumor that Tao Ghost wrote live blog? I don't feel like it. I mean, I've just been told this by like four people that you guys are like, like, I mean, I took it as a joke and I thought like it'd be better to talk about it with you guys than just like let it stew and have me like feel all like weird about you guys. Well, if, all right. I'm sorry if if I did that, it was probably more just in a way of feeling embarrassed about my own my own first book being written by Tao and feeling like I, I just felt lonely when that came out because I thought Tao had written other people's books and I found out that he doesn't do that very often 
Well, wait, wait, why did he do it for you? I paid him a little bit of money. Oh. Okay. I don't know. And I mean, he he seemed like interested in doing it. Um but I did write my second book and then it didn't do as well uh raking leaves. And so I don't know, I probably said like, "Whoa, he wrote you know, that whole thing with Megan, they were married." He So it's more just I don't remember saying that, but if I did, it was more about my shortcomings um, than than any shortcomings of yours, Megan. And yeah, I mean, I'm searching my mind, Megan. I don't have any recollection of it at all. But if it ever did come out of my mouth, it would have only been like speculation, uh, just because of how long Live Vlog is. Like, there's no way. I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, you wrote the book, but. It seems like a book that long that maybe there would have been like a, you know, shared duties or you need somebody to help you, you know, uh, get it over the line, you know, so they handle like 200 pages or whatever it is, you know, but I don't have any uh, hard evidence. And I take you at your word. If you did, you know, if you say you wrote it and Tao had nothing to do with it, then that's fine. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, you know, and I just want to say for my own. I've been trying to be less hard on myself this year and you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have him write any more of my books. That's for damn sure. But I'm sorry if, if I said something that was misconstrued and that worked its way back to you in a way that, that hurt you. I'm, I'm sorry about that. And like I, I will just say like it is uh as a concept it is fascinating to me, this idea of having an author hire another author to write his or her books not that you did that Megan but Joey did and maybe especially with poetry it's sort of interesting to think of having somebody else ghostwrite your work and see to me that was sort of what interested me about I see I see my books as projects you know less like I see them as experiments and to me at the end of the day it doesn't really even matter who wrote the book It just matters that the book exists. Hey, everybody. If you are a writer or an aspiring writer, or if you just love literature, I have a book for you. It's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. It is the long-awaited craft book by Steve Almond, based on three decades of his writing career, a career that has featured at turns depression, failure, anxiety, self-loathing, despair, self-doubt, loss of faith, delusions of grandeur, and the occasional triumph. It's a book about the writing life. Steve Almond has done it. He has embraced it, the full catastrophe, and he has lived to tell about it. The Boston Globe says, quote, this isn't just a book about writing. It's a book about honesty. And Richard Russo calls it, quote, one of the best books on writing I've ever read. It's also the funniest by a country mile. Once again, it's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories by Steve Almond, available from Zando. Go get your copy right now, wherever you buy books. So, (laughs) hopefully uh, at this point, you at home are at least somewhat suspicious of this conversation and questioning 
how truthful it is. If you have been suspecting that we are pranking you, you would be correct. This conversation is complete bullshit. (laughs) And uh, what's interesting about it is that this is literally how the conversation began. This was how we came out of the gates. Megan had an idea. Uh, We did not discuss it beforehand, which is, I think, what's most incredible and most unsettling about the entire thing. We just improvised. Megan got started, and you know what? Maybe Joey knew about it, since they were both in Baltimore. I didn't know anything about it. I just kind of knew that we were going to start off on a lighter note, try to do some kind of joke conversation, make things fun, possibly a little bit funny. And, you know, it's like the old improv thing. I just went with it. Because in improv, you're always supposed to say yes and to whatever happens or to whatever somebody says. So that's what I was doing. I have no experience with improv. But I think that's I think that's <laughs> I think that's what we were doing. I think and I think we might be good at it. I feel like we're pretty good actors. Which is like both interesting and kind of troubling. I'm impressed with us. Just listen to this. We are so full of shit. I mean, I, I wanted him to have most of the creative control, but um, I actually told him to write uh, the first book, imagining that he was um, Susan Boyle, uh, who was an American Idol contestant. Um, right. I think she won, but I just thought, like, like, I wanted him to picture what she would be like at 23 years old living today. Um, and I guess I just got that because her name would like come up if I ever Googled myself. So I thought like, I don't know, that's a starting point. So wait, 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 wait. Is this the Panda Express? Okay. Okay. So, uh, we eventually kind of ran that scenario into the ground. We did as much as we could with it. And then at a certain point found ourselves self-evaluating, talking about how things were going what the mood of the piece was, what the mood of the episode was. And it was quickly determined that we needed to make a course correction, get things back on track. This episode is called The Holiday Spectacular. It's supposed to be about the holidays. It's supposed to be about spreading good cheer. And so we put our heads together. And we tried to come up with a way to transition and get everything back into uh, Christmas mode or holiday mode. Which brings us to this next exchange. I was thinking just to start us off, we could sing a Christmas carol together. All right. Yeah. Uh, so I, if everyone I don't know if I know. Do I know any Christmas carols well, by heart? pull up the lyrics. For what? Christmas song. The Christmas song lyrics. The Christmas song from Charlie Brown? No, the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. Oh, yeah. I think 
that if we all sing that, it'll like get us somewhere maybe where. And yeah. we have to sing the bridge, the chorus, everything. Okay. But you, don't, you don't have to try and do like a guitar solo or whatever. Okay. Um, all right. Should we do on the count of three? Yeah. Yeah. Start us off, Joey. Like we're a acapella group. All right. So on on three, okay? Yeah. Yeah. One and a two and a three. Chestnuts roasting on an open, open fire. Jack, Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide, Yuletide carols being sung by a choir. All right. All right. We, okay. We don't need to hear the rest of that. That's painful. Uh... What happened was, basically, we sang the entire song, as you might imagine, start to finish. We did commit. And when it was done, we kind of had a moment. I think we were all feeling a little strange. And then we quickly got into a discussion involving our personal feelings about the Christmas holiday, both past and present. Like, how awesome would it be to meet an adult who's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who and has like season tickets to Disneyland. <laughs> um, uh, I was gonna say that. Um, oh, I used to track him on NORAD or whatever. You remember that? Sure. But yeah, we do that. Yeah, and that was another thing where it was like, well, I may have my doubts, but if the the military is like tracking his sleigh this is very i mean he doesn't need me to believe in him the dude is real like the united states military could take santa down within 90 seconds at any moment if it wanted to oh like if he like does a terrorist attack (laughs) just let's just say they have eyes on him if he was like something happened with his sleigh and it was like gonna crash into like a, a highly populated area, they would not hesitate to shoot him down over the ocean or something. No, they'd he'd be vaporized in seconds. Yeah. But that's the... That's, that's and the then, very rapidly, we transitioned to this. So. I was going to say that I don't think Jesus would have, if he were alive today, would have had Twitter uh, or any social media. I don't and think... I know... You, you know, someone might argue, yeah, well, that's how he would have got his the good news, the message. But I don't think he would have had any of that stuff. If he did have a social media, which platform do you think he would have gravitated toward? YouTube, so he could give sermons. Yeah. That's a good, yeah, that's a good call. But I, I just also, don't... He would be, like, just doing miracles, and people would be like, whoa. He would be like Chris Angel, mind freak. Yeah, but in real life. Yeah. Or I don't know. I mean, like, the whole thing, it's it, like, Jesus was like God. So he was like the only one who could really do what he did. So maybe he was, he, just what he did. I don't know if people do those kinds of miracles. I don't know if Jesus did those kinds of miracles, like turning bread into whatever water into bread no no he didn't do that water into wine and then he multiplied the loaves and the fishes he actually did that that would be so cool (laughs) i mean it would be cool walking on water i don't know about this 
and so you can see that we were discussing Jesus Christ, as one does with his uh, birthday rapidly approaching, or his supposed birthday. I think we talked about how Jesus was actually born in August, or that's the suspicion or the historical consensus currently. I don't know. I think Megan said that. But then they moved his birthday to December for uh, marketing reasons. It's like to carry on existing pagan traditions and to bring some light into the darkest time of year. Unless, of course, you're in the Southern Hemisphere, in which case it's the brightest time of year and you're dealing with an embarrassment of riches. So, from there, the conversation around Jesus and religion found its way, eventually, as it often does among reasonable people, to a place of general uncertainty and a recognition that all of our great religions are probably at their best when correctly interpreted or wisely interpreted, trying to say the same thing and point in the same direction, which then brought us to this exchange. Touching the elephant thing. Do you guys... What? Uh, like five blind men are touching this thing in front of them, which is an elephant, and then one of them is like, oh, this feels like a tusk. And one of them is like, oh, this feels like a foot. And the other one's like, this feels like a butt. But uh, they're all touching the same elephant. Oh, yeah. 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 I like that. So the question is, which religion is touching the elephant's butt? I think is really <laughs> where we're at. That would be Scientology. <laughs> okay. And so from there, we eventually found our way into a heated conversation about milk and other dairy products. A conversation that was initiated, I should add, by Megan Boyle. Well, you guys, uh, you know, milk. We could talk about milk. Yeah. We're talking like cow milk? Yeah, like temperatures sure, of so. milk. I don't drink milk, to be honest. I'm a, I'm a lactose intolerant, but I know Joey loves milk. Wait, what? What? I don't love milk. Oh, okay. Well, I, I thought I remember you telling me that. But... Oh, I think I was probably talking about eggnog. <laughs> so let's talk about milk. Megan, what is your preferred temperature? Uh, I don't really care for milk much. As a kid, I used to eat it with dinner, which I think a lot of like kids... You ate milk? <laughs> I mean, I ate milk with a fork and a knife. <laughs> and it's oh my god, that's the only way you should eat milk. It's so good that way. Yeah, yeah milk gets milk. gross though, if it's warm. I, I, like, I like a nut milk, I guess. Yeah, oat milk? Yeah. Almond milk? Yeah, uh, my dad, and I think he still does this. Used to, if he couldn't sleep, he would warm up a, a little glass of milk in the microwave and drink it before bed, like warm milk. I've heard of that because yeah. it calmed you down. So, and I don't know if that really works, but I used to do that too. When I was, why are we drinking? Why are we drinking cow's milk? 
We just by this basic logic, it's another animal. And we we're drinking found its milk. Out that we could, and we're like, all right, let <laughs> me get right. some of that. <laughs> we pulled on. We someone pulled on those things, those udders, and was like, it's, oh, it's not so bad. It's just bananas. Think about it. Yeah, it's weird. We don't eat other animals' milk. Well, we eat goat milk, I guess, and sheep milk. I just don't use the verb drink for milk. Because <laughs> it is sort of thick, and it's something else. Yeah. I never liked when people were like, yeah, you know, pe- human beings are the only ones who drink, continue drinking milk after they're, uh, you know, adults. And it's like, yeah, but we also, like, eat Oreos and Skittles, <laughs> so, I mean... Yeah. So, after this extensive dialogue around uh, milk and dairy products, the various types of milk, the nuances of milk, we eventually realized what every good holiday conversation realizes. That we are mortal beings, all of us. That all things, all phenomena are temporary. And that one day relatively soon we are all going to die well I did your show uh, right after I poured my grandma's remains into the ocean right I like drove to Brad's house and (laughs) his whole his whole family was like racked with grief and they're suddenly in my backyard and uh but that I didn't think seeing cremains would do anything to me but Having, like, just been with my grandmother a couple months before and spending a lot of time with her, um, and then being on that boat and seeing, like, a box, and they did it in a nice way with, like, flowers and stuff, but, like, a box be emptied into the ocean and seeing that stuff that had once been, like, this really funny, crazy person, like, just dispersed through the water and like the waves and stuff that was actually that was that was really crazy to me sure in a surprising way yeah yeah wow i put alvi's cremains in this lake that i loved going to growing up that he never i never like took him there a cat um but i kind of know like i remember like looking at the cremains after they gave them to me and thinking like this is just like nuts. And my my grandma too. My mom like has a box of her cremains that I hate that they're called cremains. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cremains of the day. Yeah, the cremains of the day. <laughs> but it's just weird. It's like this like twelve pound box of like. A person. Dust. Do you Dust. guys do you guys want to be cremated or buried? Cremated. Yeah. I don't even care. I don't want any grave. I in my will, because you have to have a will when you have kids and stuff, you know. So, but my wife and I were just like looking at each other, and I was like, I don't care. Like, sprinkle me someplace beautiful. That's what we wrote in our will. <laughs> sprinkle um, me. Just sprinkle me someplace nice. It's your call. I'm not going to be here. I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, like it's uh doesn't feel like it's my issue you know what i'm saying yeah but i kind of just don't want to know yeah i don't know like if you want to you want to like put my dead body on display somewhere 
I don't want to wake. I can say that right now. I know some people need that, but I've never liked that. I don't know. It's fine. It depends on your tradition. But, like, isn't it more, like, uh, echo-friendly to to cremate instead of bury? Isn't burial more... Which one's, like, easier on the earth? Seems like if you just dump some ashes into the ocean, that's easy. Yeah. I mean, if you, like, don't get buried in a coffin, uh, that might be, like, good for the plant. Yeah, I like that one that, like, you're buried and you grow into a tree or something. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I like... Or like the uh, the Tibetans do, where they just, like, put your body... Or the Indians, they put your body on, like, a... What do you call it? I forget Fire. what the name of it is. Mm, maybe, but they just put, put... Like, in Tibet, they just put your body out on a cliff and let the vultures eat you. Mm. So it's like an offering to nature. Oh, yeah. Or, like, in a tower or something? Yeah, and in India, they do it, like, where they put it up on a tower so the birds can, like, more easily scope it or something, but... Yeah. Um, well, the... That, that would be sort of like hardcore. Um, Should I put that in my will? <laughs> <laughs> just be a pain in the ass. <laughs> just be like, I demand. I, my, I will haunt you from the grave if you do not let the vultures eat me. Take me to... Uh, okay, me to so... Now that uh, we got death out of the way... And with the holiday spirit still prevailing. That light that shines through the darkness Megan Joseph and I gathered ourselves collectively and we looked to the future wondering what might be in store and talking at length about our particular visions for the road ahead I have another question that's not related, but I think it's important to think about the future. And uh, what do you guys think that you'll be doing 10 years from now? Or what will your life look like if you try to envision it? Or what would you like it to look like? And what would you not like it to look like? Do you think of two scenarios? Oh my god. I think, I mean, my kids, I'm thinking of my kids' ages. My daughter would be 21. My son would be 16. So that's like, I guess she'll be getting out of college, hopefully. He'll be in high school. (laughs) Uh, I just hope that, like, we're all happy and, like, productive. I'm still writing. I think that's, like, always the big challenge professionally is just, like, finding that time. And then, like, worst-case scenario is, like, my kids are unhappy. My daughter has like dropped out of school to like, I don't know, follow some sort of like jackass on some adventure. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like things just get weird. And, uh, my son is having trouble, like all that sort of stuff. Like that would be a bad scenario, but I don't know. It's hard to think that far into the future. Everything's so fragile and, Unpredictable. Who knows what what will be happening? Who knows what, like what this country will even be like, or what the world will even be like at that point? The three of us could all be dead. <laughs> That's right. I hope not, though. I hope not. Too. Yeah. I hope we're still thriving in twenty thirty one. Twenty thirty one. Yeah. Yeah. I know what I'll be doing. Um, I will. Ten years from now, I'll be in Los Angeles. Um, probably working in the bookstore that 
Brad has purchased, and the bookstore <laughs> also has a podcast studio. And, That's the uh, dream. So, if, can we get a GoFundMe started for that? If there's Let's anyone listening this. to this who has money or knows someone who has money and doesn't know what to do with it, we can get that headquarters started up in LA. Brad can record his podcasts there. I can run a really great bookstore. And, uh, yeah. We need about, like, realistically, two to three million dollars to buy a physical structure. We need to own the structure, is the thing. Yeah, not pay rent on it. No, 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 no. no. I'm not doing that. We need to rent, we need to own the building. So if you're out there and you're a billionaire, you want to you want to help uh, help us get this off the ground. It doesn't. It seems like it could happen that someone would be interested. But anyway, maybe that's just I'm naive. We would make it cool. It would become a literary destination. Yeah, yeah. there could be a little side office where I see people in counseling. Yeah, you could get therapy there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be a whole thing, like a holistic, literary, cultural psycho-spiritual experience yeah yeah we would call what would we call it joey we're just gonna call it like other people books and that what we were thinking about yeah or, or just maybe? other people yeah other people books is kind of cool though to me yeah other people books yeah, that... and people so i could do counseling mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> other people people i can't even let myself go there too much like if i start on that fantasy track i can get like obsessed by brad kind of started me on that fantasy trip not long ago and i was like i was even riding i was riding around los angeles like looking for retail space just to like get a sense of it but it's just like you know it's a it's miserable the real estate situation maybe it'll become a buyer's market maybe but but for that to happen things would have to get extraordinarily shitty <laughs> yeah it's like a weird thing to think about like i hope it all crashes so that i can build my bookstore uh so okay so joey you're gonna be out here in los angeles we're gonna be running our store if things go wrong where will you be in 10 years six feet under uh, <laughs> oh i don't know i mean to be honest it's kind of hard to not feel like a failure uh, a lot of the time because i do, like uh i'd like to have kids one day but I, I don't know how i could do that like i don't have any money and uh i make 16 dollars an hour and uh yeah i don't know so if nothing has changed in 10 years i guess that's wouldn't be a good thing I'm happy like Ashley and I are happy we like our apartment we love our two cats but uh I don't know it feels like a limbo sometimes so yeah well you're young well how old did you just turn I turned 34 (laughs) no I turned 28 ugh but a wee a wee child yeah a wee child yeah you got yeah, but, but um, you still need to. We still need to open that bookstore. So. I do. I do believe, Megan. Um, I think if things go bad, I would be like drinking and using drugs again, and maybe like on the street or something like that. I always like think that could be like a worst case scenario for me, which is, um, you know, good <laughs> to consider that possibility. 
Um, but I don't think that if I keep living the way I'm living, that that will happen. Um, the good scenario, I'll be 46, and uh, that's like crazy. That's how old I am now. Oh, really? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Wow. Cool. I, I knew you were ten years older. Yeah, yeah, I'm old. That's still young, though. It is. It depends. I mean, it depends. You look great, you know, like I was. Yeah. I, I'm trying. You know, I you, feel like you I'm moisturize, in. Moisturize, uh, I think. I moisturize. I do t- try to take care of my skin. I did not always, but if I could impart one thing to you, younger people, it is take care of your skin. Maybe not as important when you live on the East Coast than it is when you live in the desert, but it's still important. Take care of your skin. Wash your face. Moisturize. Wear a, wear a hat. <laughs> wear sunscreen. It, it, it catches up with you. Yeah, your skin is what is holding you in. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so you, you'll be forty six, and what? I'll be forty six. Um, things are really good with me right now. Like I live in a house with my boyfriend, who it's the longest and like healthiest relationship. I've ever been in and I don't see that stopping and he doesn't either and uh well we're getting a puppy so the puppy might be kind of they only live for like about 10 years I think so our puppy might be a dog that is dying around then oh what kind of dog you gonna get he's a little french bulldog oh I used to have really he choked on a bagel and died Walter yeah He was nine, and uh, my son was in his high chair and was, like, eating a bagel and, like, dropped, like, a hunk of bagel off the high chair onto the floor, and Walter, like, scarfed it down in, like, one bite, and it got lodged in his throat. And my wife was, like, giving him the Heimlich, and uh, we had to rush him to the vet, and he didn't make it. Man. Oh, that's sad. That's... Okay, I won't be eating any bagels. (laughs) (laughs) They'll eat... I mean, they have, like, you know, these brachiocephalic dogs, which is what these flat-faced dogs... They have uh, breathing issues. You know, it's just you have to be a little bit delicate. They can't can't, uh, cool themselves, so you cannot leave them anywhere warm, like in a car. Like, they will overheat very, very easily. Uh, So you have to be sensitive to that. And I don't know, it's just unlucky. It's just, like, the wrong food at the wrong time kind of thing. Yeah. But but they're super they're super funny dogs and they're so easy. Like you don't have to do anything with a French bulldog except let it out to go to the bathroom. They don't need to be walked. They will just sit on your lap forever. They love yeah. it. Yeah. At what at what age are you gonna tell your son that he murdered your dog? <laughs> well, everybody, we are now at the end or close to the end of the holiday conversation between Megan Boyle, Joseph Grantham, and myself. It was, in the truest sense of the term, a journey. We covered a lot of ground. Starting off in a fictional place. Before taking a meandering route into a space of deep personal revelation. Guys, well, can we all say Merry Christmas to everybody? Happy holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy New Year. Should we say it at the same time? Yeah. Okay. First Christmas, then Hanukkah, then Kwanzaa, then New Year. Yeah. Okay. One. One, two, three. three. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. 
Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. Cool. Good. Okay. This ends the 2021 Other People Holiday Spectacular. I would like to thank my guests, Megan Boyle and Joseph Grantham, for joining me this year to celebrate the season and to say goodbye to yet another year. I hope you're all doing well out there, enjoying yourselves. Though I have to suspect that at least a few of you are not doing that well. This can be a tough time of year. So if you're somebody out there who is really not having that much fun, hang in there. It's almost over. Just try to ignore it. It'll go away. And hey, you never know. Maybe there will be brighter days ahead. Because you never really know, right? Exactly what's going to happen. Unless, you know, you've got a terminal illness or something. But let's not go there, shall we? And hey, you know what? Even if you do, what about reincarnation? You have to consider that as a possibility. And I think the point is that we should just try to focus on the positive here. As we close out the episode, close out the year, move through... the holidays alive strangely in a wondrous magical and deeply upsetting dystopia moored in outer space for a brief flash in time that's it for me and the other people podcast in 2021 thanks everybody for listening Happy holidays, happy new year, and I will talk to you in 2022.